Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the Thank God Wrestling Podcast with your co-host. I'm CJ McClure. I'm Johnny King. We started this podcast because Mr. King reached out on Bleacher Report Community, wanted to start a wrestling podcast. I hit him up on Instagram, and here we are now. Mr. King, the floor is now yours. <laughs> yes, sir. It's honestly still crazy how we like brought this together in such yeah. a quick amount of time, too. Like it's honestly insane because yeah i've always just wanted to start a, like a wrestling podcast but like like we said last time no one around me watches wrestling the only person that watches it is literally my mom that's because when i put it on in the kitchen she's there but yeah we have a lot of stuff to get into today we have raw to talk about but we're honestly not going to spend that much time on raw because obviously the bigger stuff happened on SmackDown, so we're going to talk about Raw SmackDown, and then we're going to do like a special prompt at the end. You guys just have to wait for that to see what it is. So, CJ, what are your overall thoughts about the opening of Raw and about how how Seth came to the ring and was interrupted by, we all know him as American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes? It goes to show that their initial feud is far from over yet, and I think that there is... There isn't a proper conclusion yet due to the fact that Seth has not beaten Cody since he came back. So I like the tease. I like the tease of Cody coming out. and I'm sorry. Yeah, Cody coming out and confronting Seth. But obviously, as we we're about to get into next, Brock coming back, it makes the most sense. Their feud is not over yet either. We talked about how we thought Brock was going to come back and money in the bank. Clearly, they didn't pay him enough money to come to London for that. So him being at Raw made the most sense. And with that being said, I, I love the brawl between Cody and Brock. Cody didn't back down per usual. And gosh, Brock is such a good seller. People don't talk about that enough. Dude, he is, in my eyes, him and Dolph Ziggler like here and here for me. Facts. But before we get into the, the, meat, the meat of the Brock Lesnar stuff, I want to talk about, I saw a lot of people saying like the Seth singing, like the crowd singing is getting old and it's becoming way too obnoxious. And like the fact that Seth now just stands in the middle of the ring, wasting time on air just to hear his fans sing to him without the music, which I can kind of see where they're coming from. Cause it's like, bro, like just let's get on with the show. Cause like he knows it's coming. And like, even when him and Finn had the promo and Finn literally couldn't even say what he wanted to, because the fans just wouldn't stop singing. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's getting a little bit out of control? Like, do you think they should try to stop him after he gets to the ring or like after the music is over. Cause they go for like minutes upon minutes, just singing a song. It's definitely getting louder. And I've noticed, you know, I was even reading about it on bleach report. I think Seth is trying, I mean, maybe he is, or maybe it's creative is trying to see how much longer he can get the crowd to sing. I'll admit I'm a little biased when it comes to crowd singing songs and like chants and all that, but obviously Everything in moderation, right? I mean, like, we, we got a show to watch. There's stuff that needs to happen. USA Network needs the show to happen. It can't be always hijacked by the fans. I love Seth's song. I love when the crowd sings along to it, but it can only go on for so long. So, yeah, I can definitely see people's side to them saying that it's getting old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It can only go on for so long. Like, after a while, we're like, okay, okay, let's move on with the show. Let's get everything right. going. But, yeah, as we just said, Brock Lesnar returned. Him and Cody brawled. Cody hit him with the Cody cutter. Obviously, they're trying to set up a match for SummerSlam. That's what I'm that's what I'm inferring that they want us to think. And if we're gonna get it, do you think there'll be a stipulation? If so, what what would you want the stipulation to be? 
I definitely hope there there will be a stipulation. I think there should be what I want. That's a really good question. Can't be Hell in a Cell. The rivalry hasn't been that intense. I don't think it should be a steel cage. Hear me out. I say two out of three falls. Okay. I could see that. Because, because A, Brock has never been in one as far as I can remember. He's been in mm-hmm. Iron Man with Kurt Angle, but not a two out of three falls if I if my memory serves correctly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but think about it, too. I mean, to really – assume me if Cody's going to go over. I mean, Brock, Brock actually may win the feud to give Cody more adversity to get back to Roman. But yeah. let's just say Cody does win the feud to beat Brock not once but twice in one match. I mean, that would be a solid way to keep Cody strong – when he gets back to Rome in full circle. Mm-hmm. But I definitely definitely think the match should have a stipulation to it. Nothing crazy, nothing goofy, but it needs to have something. Yeah, you and you pointed out that the rivalry hasn't been intense. If I could change one thing about this, I would want to see him and Brock like pro go at it back to back week to week, you know? Because right. Brock coming and going, like we may kind of forget about him, like, oh yeah, he is feuding with Brock. I forgot about that. And it right. can kind of get a little bit stale knowing that. Brock's not going to be there, you know? So, yeah, I mean, hopefully that these next coming weeks leading to SummerSlam, we can, they can make it more intense to have like a crazy gimmick match like a Hell in a Cell or like you said, two out of three falls would be good. Just pure wrestling, pure. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. But the next thing that happened was, first of all, Seth is still in the ring after we come back from commercial break and they're still singing his song. So they probably sung it through the whole commercial break, but then Seth gets interrupted by the judgment day. Uh, him and Dom go at it. Him and Damien go at it to make it short. Dom and Seth uh, prepare for a match that they're going to have later in the night. That ends up being the main event. What do you, I want to bring up Damien priest. What do you think about, not only him winning, but do you feel like he's a threat to Seth? Obviously, you're not a threat to Roman. They're not gonna, they're not gonna have him catch in on Roman. But do you think he's a set a threat to Seth Rollins? I think he definitely has the size, and I think he definitely has the potential. But to quote my mother, who used to be a coach for volleyball basketball on track, the true definition of potential means you haven't done it yet. And I think that they're gonna have to they're gonna have to build up Damian for the next few months to be more and more and more of a threat. Because assuming that Seth is still going to be world champion by the time that Damian Priest cashes in, you know, Damian needs to be on fire. Like, I think by that point he cashes in, Damian has to beat Dom, has to win his feud with Finn, go over in that, maybe feud with just another mid-carder challenging him, and then boom, cashing in, and then he truly is a threat. He truly is. He truly will be a credible, credible world champion. Yeah, I almost feel like if they're gonna have Seth lose the belt anyway, I feel like I would rather have Finn beat Seth and then Damian end up cashing in on Finn to make the story just way more yep. intriguing. You know, and that's a good point. Sorry, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. I'm just saying, like that. That that is a good point because. Let's just say if and when Finn does win the title, Damien turns his back on him, and there's already this going on anyway within the Judgment Day. I mean, yeah, that absolutely adds to the story more, kind of like what you talked about last week on our first episode. I mean, would LA Knight have probably been the safe choice because of the crowd reactions? Yeah, for sure. But there's more of the story with Damien within the Judgment Day with him and Finn. Yeah. 
So the next thing that happened was the Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey confronted each other. We got shades of NXT ruthless Shayna Baszler with the promo. The crowd does just not like Ronda. It's it's crazy. She just can't anything she does. The crowd's not feeling it. She can't get over. And those rumors about her going to UFC are become. I feel like they're gonna become more and more true and more and more solidified. And she even said that the only reason she's in this business is because of Shayna. And I feel like her having her last match with Shayna will make a lot of sense. But I believe Shayna, she did her thing in that promo, man. It was very believable, especially because they, first of all, have a friendship outside of wrestling. And second of all, they also come from the same background. But like Shayna said, I wasn't just walking through the door, you know, just handing a WrestleMania opportunity. I had to set up rings. I had to do the work. And now it's it's my time to shine. You know what I mean? So what do you think about that segment? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just, it's really interesting seeing people cheer for Shayna. And I don't know if it's so much because they just don't like Rhonda, like you said, or if, I mean, I'll put some respect on Shayna's name. She's been here for a while. And to her point and your point, I mean, Shayna, Shayna started in NXT. Ronda didn't start in NXT. Granted, why would you put Ronda Rousey in NXT? But still, I mean, like, Shayna was in the that women's tournament years ago where mm-hmm. I think it was her, Kyrie Sane, EO Sky was in the final. You know, she, she was in that. She was an NXT, NXT women's champion, put on great matches then. It was a force to be reckoned with. Came to the main roster. And yeah, I mean, yeah, she is for real, like, worked her way up. And like you said, the promo was genuine. I think she was, like, really... Sp- I don't want to say speaking from the heart, right? It wasn't emotional, but I mean, but it, it it felt real, you know? And I think that also goes to show just the chemistry they have together. And regarding Rhonda, I mean, don't get me wrong. Love Rhonda. We talked about it last week. She has accomplished a lot, but there's been like one or two times that she's cut a genuinely good promo and it probably yeah. against Nikki Bella in that feud. But regardless, I'm excited for the match. Um, give Give them the time that they need. It'll be a good match. If Ronda leaves you, goes back to UFC, you don't blame her because, like I said last week, I think she does have unfinished business, so that wouldn't be surprising. But I don't think this – I can see it being her retire, like retirement match against Shayna, but in my mind, most retirement matches are at WrestleMania, and I think even Ronda knows that. So never say never, I guess is what I'm getting to. I, if Ronda leaves after this match, she would definitely come back. Yeah, I don't know. That's where I kind of play devil's advocate, dude. I just don't – I feel like – she doesn't feel appreciated so she knows if she goes back to ufc she's going to be more appreciated so i could see down the line i guess maybe have one more match but i don't know i feel like she she's just kind of fed up honestly and and that's true but i mean but she was fed up years ago too when she took that hiatus after wrestlemania 35 i mean she said online f the fans dude but yet she's also said that wwe fans care more about the talent than ufc fans do Mm -hmm. which i can totally see because WWE fans in my opinion are much more passionate yeah you don't see UFC fans doing the chance and energy that we do yeah they just want to see people get knocked out right right (laughs) exactly so I mean I don't know I mean Ziggurand has definitely been wishy-washy hopefully he doesn't see this and try and break my arm but (laughs) but never say never and at the end of the day money talks money yeah and I feel like wishy-washy is a great term for her because sometimes she's really on and just some, and then other times she's just like, I just want to say, why is this on my TV? Like, 
I, I, that sounds horrible, but it's true. Like she's very, she's very, uh, she's not very accurate with her performance. But the next thing that happened was they had like a women's tag team tournament. I just want to run through this really quick. Nothing really spectacular. And I feel bad saying that, but like having this made, made the, made the fans see how weak the women's tag team division was. But I do believe the winners won right Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. I don't know how you feel about Chelsea Green, but I'm a very big fan of Chelsea Green and all her past work. And I believe that she could be like a top woman star in the future. It's growing on me. And that's that's really my only thoughts about her, truth be told. I don't I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. don't I mean I mean I don't I don't feel strongly one way or another, but I think she's obviously been given the TV time that she's mm-hmm. had because creative sees something in her. Mm-hmm. Again, she she's grown on me, so I'm I'm willing to see what she's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And there's so much NXT talent that was brought up to the main roster that has not been showcased or not even a vignette or anything trying to hype them up. Like Indy Hartwell teamed with Candice LeRae in this match, and Indy Hartwell is a a former NXT Women's Champion. Like she was very huge in NXT, and they just threw her in the match like everyone was supposed to know who she was. And obviously, a lot of people who watch Raw and SmackDown don't. Some of them don't watch NXT. So I just wish if you're going to bring them up to the main roster, hype them up, try to create a, a genuine uh, like build up so the fans can connect to them more and like want to see them perform. That was the only thing I had to say about that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this Indy's main roster debut? Yeah, it was her first match in yeah. at Raw. Yeah. So I don't know why they didn't at least have like a video pack for her saying former NXT Women's Champion. She's coming to the main roster. She's making an in-ring de- debut, but I don't know, man. I guess that makes me that that part makes me re- want want to say like, yeah, Vince is definitely back in charge. He's definitely back, you yeah. know. I mean, we don't know for sure, right? I mean, I know yeah. there's an there's an article I saw that said Vince has been making some minor changes remotely, which definitely seems pretty realistic. But I think we all as fans need to be realistic of two things. Triple H is not perfect. Has he been better than Vince so far? Absolutely. But he's not perfect. Yeah. And Vince is always going to have a little bit of a say as long as he's still alive. It's yeah. just a fact. Yeah, he, he, he's too stubborn to release complete control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Triple H was perfect, LA Knight would have won the money in the bank. That's just my take. That's just my take. I think most likely. <laughs> yeah, most likely. Yeah. yeah. But only thing that happened next really was Bronson Reed cut a promo. I put Bronson in my notes. I have Bronson Reed boring. I don't know. I'm just not a, he just doesn't click with me. I'm not a really big fan of him. I believe he's great in the ring for his size. He's very athletic, but I don't know if you had any opinions or thoughts that you want to share about him. I think his character's mid, but he's great in the ring. Just like you said, I mean, you know, go back to elimination chamber when, most of those guys that were in that match were mid carters, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, with the exception of Seth. And it was a banger. I thought that was I thought that was great that all those guys are given a chance and they all did great in the elimination chamber. And Bronson Reed did great. Everybody did great. They mm-hmm. all served their role. And I think the fact that Bronson, it though, even though he was the first one eliminated, it took so many moves to eliminate him from that match. I remember one of my takes from that match was like, all right, big plans for Bronson in the future. For there to be that many moves to take him out, like he is being treated like a a powerhouse because he's a big dude. So again, back to the potential thing. I think it's definitely there. Um, I think we just have to wait and see if they're going to build him up, make him win 
maybe eventually win the IC title. It's not going to be anytime soon because of Gunther's reign, but still, mm-hmm. I think he deserves a mid-card title eventually. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So after Bronson Reed, Trish Stratus came out with Zoe Stark. We see her with her retro face mask. I'm not a big fan of this. I don't want Becky to be feuding with her. I don't think it's doing anything for Becky. I just think it's boring in my opinion. And I put, is Trish cringe? Question mark, exclamation point. Not the good type of cringe, like the funny cringe. Like, is this just like bad? Like, I feel like it's just bad television. And I don't even really want Zoe Stark to be paired with her because I feel like to me, it's hurting Zoe Stark because Zoe Stark, I feel like, was great in NXT and she can be great on her own in the main roster without the help of Trish. I think they're going to build up to a Zoe Stark Trish feud eventually, maybe even just a one off match. Devil's Advocate, I think it's cool to see the Trish mask back, just me personally. Yeah. Um, I'm not really that surprised that this feud's still going on, considering that they've only had one match together. Mm hmm. I hear what you're saying that it does feel a little dragged out and it's yeah it, it on the scale it's leaning towards boring but res- I respect Trish Becky's one of the best in our generation so I mean I'm willing to see what else they have in store but with the greatest salt yeah same 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 I just want Becky to be I don't know I'm biased because I love Becky Lynch so I'm See, just, I was about to ask you, are you are you saying all this because Becky's your girl? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. some of it, yeah, and some of it no. Like I just feel like either way, I just really wouldn't be involved in this. I really wouldn't be interested in this storyline, you know. But Ricochet calls out Logan Paul to come face to face to talk with them. Obviously, they're setting up a match at SummerSlam. That's what I'm assuming. That's probably what's gonna happen. I just have one thing to say. Why isn't it going to be LA Knight versus Logan Paul or LA Knight versus Ricochet versus Logan Paul? I feel like LA Knight should be involved in something to do with this match, just based off the chemistry him and Logan. I mean, him and Logan Paul had back and forth when they were doing the promos before Money in the Bank. Two things. They teased that match back at the Royal Rumble between Ricochet and Logan Paul. And two, who's to say that LA Knight doesn't cost Logan Paul the match? Set of the feud, set of the feud to the next pay-per-view. I mean, Logan Paul is obviously the face for the most part, but he will screw a guy over. He doesn't care. Yeah. It's LA Knight. I mean, like he'll he'll cost a guy a match to get what he wants. So I hear I hear what you're saying though. I think they definitely do have great chemistry, but the fact of the matter is Ricochet and Logan Paul, all the flippy stuff that they're gonna yeah, be able to do. That, yeah, I mean, like it's it's going to put on a great match in summer. So, but I, I hear you. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Logan Paul be inserted in the feud. I, if I had to pick though, between Logan Paul one-on-one against LA Knight versus the triple threat, I probably lean towards the one-on-one match just because what reason would Logan Paul and Ricochet have to feud against one another or slightly feud against one another, you know? Yeah. But um, I think they're heading the right direction. I, I kind of saw it coming ever since Money in the Bank that they were going to have this match. So I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, ever since that spot, the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. I definitely want to see the match. Yeah, I just feel like this will, this will either way, it's going to be if him and Ricochet one on one, it's going to be a pure wrestling match with crazy spots, crazy flips. It'll just be like a viral match, you know? Oh, yeah. They're, they're yeah. going to put their full athleticism on display. Yeah. 
And next thing that happened was Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders. I don't really have anything to say about this. I don't like I I'm bro. I'm being mean today. I don't know what it is, but Viking Raiders are boring. I don't like them. I don't want to see them on TV. Like I feel like it's just wasting time. But in my eyes, Alpha Academy, they need a push or Chad Gable specifically because he's just so great. His in-ring work is so great. He's funny. He's good on the mic. I just think he has the potential to be a mid-card champion or even the potential to be a world champion in my eyes. I agree with most of everything you said. And I think the Viking Raiders got screwed over by Vince back, you know, years ago. I mean, they, they were so good at NXT. And I mean, and those guys are so athletic for their size too. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, there's no reason that if booked correctly, they could be putting on banger tag team classics. I mean, you know, and I, bit of a bit of a tangent. I I went to Money in the Bank 2021. I was oh, in okay. Texas. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in one of our pay per view videos. But um, they did all right in there. I mean, they were on the card against AJ Styles and Omos. I mean, I've seen them live, and like I I can see. I mean, I've already seen in NXT, and I can see what they're capable of live too. I mean, like it, it's. It is honestly a dang shame because the, like those guys are great wrestlers, yeah. but I hundred percent agree with you on Chad Gable. Chad Gable in my mind has been a star since he was in NXT with Jason Jordan. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he is almost, almost the modern day Kurt Angle. No, I, I mean, would they, he, I would say if he got the correct push, he, he would, he would be, yeah, you're right. Almost. He just, I, I, that shorty G gimmick was terrible. And yeah. I that was all Vince, of course. Vince was still in yeah. charge, at least 100 in charge. But I mean, dude is so. See, that, that's just one of the reasons why I love WWE so much because, like, you got guys like Gable. Like, don't get me wrong, Gable's Gable's got the gains, but he's yeah. like what five ten? Yeah, like, I, I don't yeah, even I think, think like, he's that tall, bro. Right, but like, yeah. I'm gonna search. Bro's... It up. I'm gonna search it up. Yeah, like, like, while well, you're searching, like, bro, so athletic. The dude, German suplex Braun Strowman. I'm saying he's 5'8". Like, 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 five eight. <laughs> well, I mean, hey. if, if, if that's true, then I mean, that just continues to prove my point. I mean, like, he's yeah. always been on great matches. His style is, again, very, very similar to Kurt's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the potential's there. And I'll even show some love for Otis. I think ever since Otis teamed up with Chad, He's gotten much better. His character has gotten much better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think he's only gonna be able to do so much, though, yeah. in comparison to Chad. Like the glass ceiling is higher for Chad than it mm -hmm. is for Otis. But mm -hmm. yeah, they've definitely, as a tag team, have been good. The shush gimmick kind of annoyed me at first, but you know, you I'm don't not... like it, <laughs> dude. Honestly, I think it geeks, bro. They, they sh I, I think it's funny, bro. I'd be saying that around the house. It's it. It hasn't grown on me, but I've gotten used to it where I can tolerate it. Yeah, but uh -huh. I, I think, again, just kind of comparing him to Kurt Angle, give Chad a bit of a serious character, but it can still be a balance of seriousness, but funny moments here and there. Because comedy and wrestling is actually kind of fairly important. Yeah, it is. Like, obviously not too much of it, right? But I mean, if Kurt can be funny, if John Cena can be funny... Randy Orton occasionally can be funny. Mm -hmm. This Chad has all the potential in the world. So yeah, I, I agree with most of all of that. Yeah. And then starting to wrap up Raw, uh, Rhea Ripley defended against Natalia for like, what is this? Like the third time they had a match in like the past month? I don't know. Yes. 
Natty, she's great. She's she's done great things in WWE, but I feel like her time is coming to an end. And I think they're just trying to give her one more potential run or one more just potential uh um just chance to show what she's capable of. But Natty actually attacks Rhea during her entrance. So we get a little, we get a little crazy Natty going. And then they honestly have a banger of a match. I think it went around like 14 minutes. It was Natalia's best match in recent uh recent date. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, Natty's a veteran. She's been around for a while. She knows how to put on a good match, you know. And yeah, I, I love to see a bit of the ruthless aggression from her attacking Rhea in her entrance, kind of getting some payback. I mean, but it's also like this is their third match. And also in my mind, I'm like, where was this in Night of Champions? Mm-hmm. Now, why why weren't they given this time in Night of Champions? Because they have the potential to do it. Granted, yeah. that match at Night of Champions had no build whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that doesn't mean you can't put on a good match. So yeah, Natty's been around for a while. I can see her hanging up the boots eventually. Hopefully, she maybe she gets one more moment at WrestleMania or something. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they finally got the time that they deserve to put on a good match. Probably, truthfully, one of the best matches at Raw. Yeah. And then uh, EO confronted Rhea. That was pretty short. But what I do want to talk about is the Champa and the Miz feud. We might get Blackheart Champa back. The promo he cut. NXT Blackheart style. It was very, very ruthless. He told Miz he wants him to bring the ruthless aggression. He said he finally saw the look in his eye that he's been waiting to see. And then the Miz also cut a great promo. And I just want to see that that serious Miz, who's not who's not taken also by the fan, taken serious by the fans, but taken serious to himself. I want him to take himself serious and bring back that the heel Miz we always hated. 100% agree. I mean, Blackheart Champa, best Champa, that Miz you're talking about, fantastic. I mean, Miz is one of the best guys on the mic. So give him this old heelish character back. It's going to be some fire promos going into their match at SummerSlam. Yep. Yes, sir. Indeed. Indeed. And the Drew McIntyre and Riddle Imperium segment, uh, Drew came out to help Riddle when Imperium attacked him. So they're still building on the uh drew mcintyre versus gunther at SummerSlam, which i feel like will be a banger of a match i just think they need to build it up i don't think gunther gunther will end up losing because he'll only be like a month away from breaking the honky tongues man's record at that point but i do feel like drew has a potential to take the belt off him once they decide they want to push gunther for a world championship yep i agree with that too i mean gunther deserves to break this record he you know despite being a heel he has always retained clean at least most of the time you know and and he he's made others look better in his championship matches you know braun Strowman, ricochet multiple times Rey mysterio at one point sheamus literally put on a five-star match at clash of the castle drew and gunther have they have no reason to not steal the show at summerslam and and on that note, I say, now that I'm thinking about it, have Gunther lose the title Survivor Series. Let's keep it a little bit longer, make mm-hmm. the make the new record reign, but have him lose it at a big-time pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, I agree with and that. Then, I agree with that. And then after that, build him up to WrestleMania for a world title match. Mm-hmm. Have a main event night one. Dude, I want to – dude, we can get into – we can get into who I want to see Roman face at WrestleMania later, but – uh, the trial of Roman, which we'll talk about later, was announced that uh, Monday. 
And then obviously we get into the main event, Seth Rollins versus Dominic, which was an obviously an okay match. I mean, Seth can make anybody look good, but Finn, uh, Damien was going to cash in on Dominic. I mean, on Seth, but Finn ends up coming in and ruining it, ruining it. And Seth gets the chance to skirt out the ring, get away back up the uh, aisle. And then, you know, Finn and, Finn and Damien are having the confrontations again, having the frustration. So I do believe that they're eventually going to build on a turn. I think, honestly, I think Finn is going to leave. I think they're going to side with Damien and Damien will attack him or Dom or Rhea for that matter. I mean, Rhea would, dude, you know, and kick Finn out. I think that would be kind of interesting to see full circle how Finn joined the Judgment Day. They kicked Edge out, and then now they're going to kick Finn out. Mm-hmm. I could, I could see that. Maybe bring back Face Finn for that matter, since Damian Priest obviously is going is to stay heel for the long term. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't necessarily have to turn Finn face. He can still be a ruthless. He can be like in the middle because like he it's can true. still be ruthless, but he's not going to be a good guy. You know, it's true. Yeah, he yeah. tweener. That's what we. Yeah, I just. I just don't know what it is. I just can't take Damien Priest serious. I feel like he tried, he tries so hard to be intimidating that it's like, bro, like, like when he talks on the mic, his voice, like, it's just like, I feel like he's maybe trying too hard to be intimidating when he's already intimidating just by the way he looks. Yeah, I, like I kind of mentioned earlier, how I would, how I see how they're going to book it. I think he just he needs more wins and he needs more moments to become more and more credible. Yeah, yeah. but I'll say just a light, slight detail I noticed was I, I think it was interesting how Dom was in the middle trying to break him up and like be be the peacekeeper. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, like you know, Dom's a squirmy heel, but like for him to like try and be the bigger person and like bring the peace and like get them to act right together i'm like that's that's kind of interesting so i mean i don't know what we see a dom and finn match in the future what we see a dom and damien match in the future I'm, I'm curious yeah i mean almost to dom it's like he's watching his parents fight or his his dad and his uncle <laughs> his dad and his <laughs> uncle fight you know he's trying to keep the group together <laughs> and he's like mommy why are they fighting so much? yeah literally <laughs> what i want i want Rhea to take over and be the the head of the group i want her to be the head of everything that she's got the right to do so she's the she's just that yeah she's just that dominant man i mean she's the only one that's gotten sorry just well she's she's the only one that's gotten solo sokoa's face so no literally and honestly if they ever had like a intergender match mixed gender match i would it would be it would feel so realistic because i feel like she could really take on some guys if done correctly they would cook yep indeed indeed all right so that wraps up the raw recap now we're going to move to smackdown this is where stuff gets very very fun very interesting the trial of roman reigns was obviously the biggest thing that happened and they i thought they were going to wait until the main event to uh kick off that but they started right when the show opened and we see roman come out and he's interrupted by the usos um roman talking about how well first off jay showed a video package to be the evidence of why roman should be found guilty of you know whatever 
But Roman was like, if I'm the head of the table, if I'm the tribal chief, how are we going to hold court if I didn't call court? Which I totally agree with. He has the right to say if we're having court or not having court. But, you know, they show the video package. After that, Roman says, this is not who I am. This is who I was forced to be. And that quote really stuck out with me because it's like, dang, he's saying he was forced to be this because you guys needed me to help you get to the top. You know, and that actually is a bit of a valid point. And it kind of makes me think back to Hell in a Cell years ago when, I mean, I mean, he is just beating the life out of Jay. But Jay doesn't, Jay won't quit, right? Got that Simone pride. And I remember one point when he said, now I look like a monster. What am I supposed to tell my children? And then I, I remember hearing that. I was like, that's a good point. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's acting super ruthless and just taking no prisoners. But think about it. He's still got a family to provide for. That's why he's yeah. trying to be the tribal chief. So, like, that, I do see merit in that for sure. But segment as a whole, Roman's at his gaslighting and manipulating Bro. best. I mean, that that was really the only good point he made. Like, sure, I get it. The elders expected that from him. Vince always saw potential in him. Cousin of the Rock. This is his bloodline. Yeah, I get that. I, I can see from that point of view of, yeah, like I have to meet these expectations. The bar is set higher for me. And because I love you too, I want you long for the ride as well, but you got to do what I say. Mm-hmm. But bro was still manipulating. He was like, I did all for this sure. for you. No, no, you didn't, Roman. You yeah. wanted them to make you look better than you yeah. already were. Yeah. And really, one thing I kind of slightly disagree with Roman too, I don't think he really needed the Usos in the sense of to make him look better. Did he need them to help him retain in his championship mm-hmm. matches? Yeah, 100%. But mm-hmm. he didn't need them, need them. But no, yeah, but it is manipulating and gaslighting best. I mean, that that's just what this Roman character has always done. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be one of my next questions because Roman said, he's saying, I don't need this. I never needed this. And he says, I don't want this anymore. He takes the lay and he hands it over and he puts it on Jay. He acts like he's going to bow down. Tears tears are in his eyes. Roman needs an Oscar, bro. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. Roman needs an Oscar. This man is great at what he does. The fact that he can cry on command is insane to me. He gets on his knees. I feel like he's going to pass the torch to Jay, and Jay's going to become new tribal chief, and he low blows Jay. But before you respond to that, I want to ask this question. You kind of touched on this. Would Roman be as dominant as he is right now if the bloodline was not put together? Really good question, and I'm probably gonna have to go with no. That's yeah. I think you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm contradicting what I just said before about saying how he didn't need the Usos. No, well, it still would have been a legendary run. It still would have been fine. He still would have been dominant, but. I think the fact of the matter is, I mean, this whole bloodline story since 2020 up to now has made everyone better. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Roman has been in the top tier first because he's been the world champion, right? Mm-hmm. But no. Yeah, I mean, now that I actually do give it some thought, no, I don't think he would be dominant. And I mean, I just also thinking from the story perspective that, like I said, the Usos have helped him retain in his matches. Yeah. I mean, like they've helped him with his reign continue, but. Yeah, that's that's actually a good question. Yeah, I'm gonna have to actually I'm gonna say no. 
think about it. He's losing, losing. 90% of the matches, his title defenders, without some interference. He's losing them. That's yeah. what he is. Drew, uh, Brock, probably Cody. I think I'm more on the case. Cody, uh, Kevin, yeah, multiple times. Um, he's had so many matches, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, like, and I get that a heel isn't supposed to win clean all the time because that's going to make you despise him because he's not winning clean. But you don't always have to do that. In this case of the bloodline, yes, you do. But like, look mm-hmm. at Gunther, like I mentioned before, he's a heel. He's retained most of his matches clean. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really didn't. I actually didn't cruelly think harder on that subject where you asked that question. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about it, when they first tried to push Roman, they, he was getting booze. He literally was getting booed. He won the World Rumble, booed. The Rock even co-signed and rose his hand up, booed, you know? And without this tribal chief character, I don't think he would be anywhere close to where he is. I think he would honestly still be getting booed because they would still be trying to push him as the savior, the new baby face, the new version of John Cena, you know? I don't think he would still be booed just because when – and I really do think this is sad that it was a real life thing that made people stop booing him. But leukemia, yeah. I mean, when he, he came back from that, people were cheering because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, us wrestling fans know that these are still people, these are still men and women, just like mm-hmm. us, that families and are human beings. Right. Yeah. But this is something I'm about to say that I completely stand by. And I'm sure everybody that's a wrestling fan would agree with me. Roman's run as the tribal chief has proven that creative stubbornness holds talent back. Mm-hmm. This was Roman's full potential. This is what mm-hmm. he always should have been. Can you imagine if he was the tribal chief and beat Undertaker at WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. That it would was, be. It, it would... was even more than he already did as the big dog. I mean, he only said, this is my yard now. Yeah. But imagine if he actually came out as the tribal chief and mm-hmm. he would probably have the confidence to actually talk over that crowd. No, literally. Imagine. Oh, uh, you, you're good. You're good. Sorry. It just, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would still be booed, but because he was still getting some cheers even before COVID hit when he was about to have that Mania match against Goldberg. But this has just been his full potential, plain and simple. No, nobody can change my mind about that. Yep. Now that you brought up if if he was the tribal chief while he'd be Undertaker, imagine that 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 scene of Undertaker on the ground, the bell rung, Roman got the three count. He's standing above Undertaker, belt in his hand, raised above his head. And he says, Undertaker, acknowledge me. That's it. And then it's his yard now, which has always been his yard anyway. Yep. Undertaker passed that torch. But no, yeah, I mean, and I mean, and not to keep beating a dead horse, right? You know, for the sake of time. But I, I read an article on Bleacher Report a few weeks ago saying how Roman, I think it was in 2019, specifically in the Baron Corbin feud with like the dog food and all that. Mm-hmm. Roman in real life had enough. Like, yeah. and Paul Heyman is attested to that too. Like, he finally had enough of like Vince's ideas, which I can't say I blame the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure internally he probably was frustrated at some point that he was getting booed. Mm-hmm. Which, bit of a small tangent, real quick, too. I went to the Raw after Money in the Bank in 2016 after mm-hmm. uh, Seth beat Roman, but then Dean cashed in. Oh, and yeah. That was, one, that was one of the few times where Roman, I mean, and again, dude, I was there. They booed him into oblivion when his music mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. You know what? Me included. Guilty as charged. But yeah. when everyone was saying he was sucking, he goes, 
for all the dudes in the building that say that I suck, calm down, take a sip of your beer and shut your mouth. That right there was the future. Mm-hmm. That's what Roman should have been. Mm-hmm. And he was more confident when he said that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't scripted. He probably improved, improvised yeah. in that moment. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the potential has always been there with Roman. I think Paul Heyman's also made him better, too. I mean, that has made him more confident. You were with Paul Heyman. That's what I'm saying. You know, in in the perfect WWE reality, the heads of whoever is running the company in my eyes would be Paul Heyman and then Triple H under Paul Heyman. I wouldn't be. Su- <clears throat> I just feel Paul Heyman's corrective direction is just so great. His mind, what what he was able to do in the '90s with ECW, and that wasn't even a crazy, crazy huge promotion him being able to form that and ha- them having such a cult following imagine what he could do now with wwe oh yeah 100 percent. i mean him and paul together would be fantastic i mean Same. but I, I i agree with you regarding paul's creative mind i just don't know if he's a tier above hunter i mean just because yeah hunter's next in line you know Right, like you're 100% right about Heyman's history with ECW. And I mean, Bro's been a manager for years. He managed Undertaker and WCW when he was mm-hmm. mean Mark, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, Paul goes way back, but Hunter, Hunter was a wrestler, right? I mean, like he mm-hmm. actually did wrestle in the company. So, I mean, I think he also has a different perspective on him as yeah. well because he's actually been in the ring. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, bro, married to the daughter's boss. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we always knew this was going to happen eventually. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I just want to talk about one thing. What is, why does Vince, why is Vince so stubborn? And why does he kill, he doesn't look to the fans, like with the Roman thing. Obviously, the fans wanted him as a, as a heel. He, they were booing him. So just turn him heel. But another thing is, why does he, he just kills, like we talked about the Viking Raiders earlier. We're talking about the NXT people who were drafted not getting enough um, exposure. And then when we talk about Karrion Cross later, Karrion Cross, when he first got brought to the main roster, that is what killed him. And since then, I feel like we can't really get with his character just because the way Vince booked him at first, no one was really rocking with it. So I just, why is just, I just don't understand it. it it's just think part of it is just because Vince doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. I mean, with the exception of Cody, I mean, for Cody to come back into WWE with the character that he made, mm-hmm. that was Vince acknowledging like, all right, you did something great. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's roll. Let's roll with this. This is what's mm-hmm. best for business. But I speak for everybody when I say Vince has just lost touch. Yeah. I think if he really, really put his mind to it, like really, really tried and did critical thinking, I think Vince would still be fine. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Triple H, but I think he'd still be all right. But this isn't the '90s anymore. This isn't the yeah. Attitude Era. This isn't the this isn't the early 2000s ruthless aggression. This isn't the Golden Era. I mean, Vince, mm-hmm. Vince, I think just has lost touch. I mean, to quote Seth Rollins, you have to evolve and you have to adapt. And Vince mm-hmm. has done that in the past, but I don't think he can do that anymore. Yeah. I think I think he'd be fine with the bloodline storyline because this so started with him when Roman turned heel during the Thunderdome era. But yeah, I, I think like Alistair Black, right? He said when he left WWE and went to AEW, he said Vince didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Triple H would have. He mm-hmm. knew what to do with him in NXT, but Vince didn't. So, I mean, yeah, I just think Vince just does not know what to do in certain instances. And 
I can't remember if I said this in the first episode, but Tito Santana said, comparing both Vince's, Vince and Daddy Vince, that Mm -hmm. the biggest difference between them, and he said, this is going back in the 80s. So let this say something that Daddy Vince, when he made made up his mind on something, stuck with it. Our Vince could change his mind overnight. Yep. He literally can change. He, like, I've heard stories of him literally changing the finish of matches, like, literally while they're going on, you know? Like, even, bro, the Montreal Screwdrop, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think his, he's just obsessed with power, you know? He wants everything to be done his way, which, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. We're talking, our opinions mean nothing compared, compared to his. He literally is worth billions of dollars. He can do whatever he wants, and he will honestly be able to do whatever he wants until, you know, he's not here anymore, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if the Montreal screw job is the best example, though. There was a lot of variables going into that. Some stuff to this day, we don't really know if it's true or not. You know, regarding yeah, Bret- but I don't care, bro. I'm, I'm taking Bret Hart, Bret Hart's side. But even like, why would you? This is this is live television. It's a pay per view. Why? Just like, what does it hurt just to let let Bret win that one time and then end up giving the belt to Sean? You know what I mean? Like. I feel like that whole situation, obviously it's one of the most biggest conspiracies or biggest situation in pro wrestling, but well, he like, why would you risk having that, having that moment ruined, you know, just fin- like, just finish the match. Right. Which I mean, in Montreal screw job is a video in of itself. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, but still, but, but still to your point, I mean like Vince and back in like 2018, 2019, I think John Moxley said this bro was writing raw as mm-hmm. it's going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, just, just ripping up mm-hmm. the paper and scripts. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, but I will say this to play devil's advocate, and I said this to one of my friends when Vince did retire last summer. We have been very quick to criticize Vince since about, like, what, 2015? But yeah, once, yeah, that's when stuff started getting... I would even say, like, 2017, 2018, those Raws were just not watchable, bro. Like... right. And then they got better, like, around the AW starting the COVID hit. But, like, those 2018 Raws, brother, they just – they weren't watchable. <laughs> they just weren't. Which we we have been quick to criticize Vince the past few years. And I, obviously that some stuff has just been atrocious or questionable. But the fact of the matter is this. we Wrestling would not be as big without oh, Vince. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not taking anything yeah. away from him. Wrestling yeah. pro- would not be where it is. WWE – without Vince McMahon, WWE wouldn't – be what it is aw wouldn't even be a thing without Vince McMahon, you know right and i can obviously with the whole allegations that he's had and you know i just other stuff that he's done i'm sure behind closed doors the steroid scandal back in the 90s and 80s but what i will say that i respect about vince is like how he speaks highly and thinks of guys like undertaker and andre the giant Mm -hmm. like like seeing his reaction when they were talking in the Andre the Giant documentary, where they were talking about mm-hmm. uh, just like when was the last time you spoke to him, and when he said Andre was special, and just obviously him tearing up and Undertaker in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I do respect that about Vince. Mm-hmm. The quote Undertaker loyalty does go a long way. Yeah, it does. So, it does. I'll say that, but we're getting a little off, we're getting a little off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, for sake yeah, of yeah. time. So we we got two more points to go over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to quickly go over. Austin Theory, in my notes, I had boring theory. No one cares. I say give the belt to LA Knight. Let him be U.S. champion because they're not using theory correctly. I don't think 
the, his he just needs a character really i don't know if you have anything to say about that but i think he was getting better i, I kind of said it last week i think he was getting better after he like lost some money in the bank got the u.s title back i mean beat beat a lot of good guys defending his title on raw i thought him being the nation chamber with his title made the title a little more prestigious yeah but it's like since wrestlemania with him and john i mean just yeah it's it's kind of been in decline again i mean i still think his Yes, he needs a character, but the character he has now is better than what it used to be with. Can we take a selfie? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I was not behind that at all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, have him lose the title to LA Knight. Whose who's idea was that? Like, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but next we have Edge versus Grayson Waller. Earlier, Grayson Waller had the Grayson Waller effect, who featured Edge as a special guest. And Edge challenged him to a match. And Grayson Waller, he showed out in that match. They put on a banger of a match. This was the best match of the night. And this was a very great in-ring debut for Grayson Waller. I think he has so much potential. And I even believe he could be like a future face of the company, especially with his mic skills and how confident he is at such a young age. Not a young age, but being this uh, new to the main roster. I think Edge hit the nail right on the head. He shared the ring with John Cena and Money in the Bank, and now he shared it with Edge and had a good match with Edge. The future's mm -hmm. bright. I'm Grayson Waller's definitely starting to grow on me a lot more. And overall, good match. I think it's better. I think it's good that Edge won. Going to build Grayson up for the long term. But mm -hmm. Grayson, Grayson acknowledged him after the match. He said, you swam. It yeah. didn't sink. I mean, yeah. I really also just like the small detail, the creative ending of the – how he jumps through the robe, the yeah, the spear, yeah, yeah, the spear. I was like, yeah, good that thing. was great. Yeah, that's how it should have ended. Yeah, the edges spears are always so clean, always so clean. Next, we had AJ Styles versus Karrion Cross. This was a short match. Uh, AJ ended up getting the win with the phenomenal forearm. I think AJ Styles deserves so much more. He should be feuding with a world champion, at least a mid card belt. He's just so talented. In my eyes, he's. He's one of the best professional wrestlers of all time. His, he's just been so good for so long. And before he, you know, he's getting older. He's like in his early 40s. I just want him to have another good run before he hangs it up. But Karrion Cross, I just, his momentum has been killed. For, I think I feel bad for him because he was very great in NXT. <laughs> I was watching a podcast and the dude was like the Adam Cole, it was JD from NY. He was like the Adam Cole promo is just living rent free in that guy's head. <laughs> and that really was like, dang, he's probably right. Cause like he just hasn't been the same after since he's been brought to the main roster, you know? No. And I mean, I feel bad too, just because I, I keep saying potential, but the potential was there. I mean, when he came back, great return. It, it was great that he attacked Drew during the Drew and Roman feud. And it kind of made you hint like, is Karen going to go after Drew? I'm sorry, is Karen going to go after Roman eventually? Yeah. You know, he won that first match against Drew at Extreme Rolls, lost at a, mm -hmm. lost at a, what was it, Super Showdown or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, it it sucks. I mean, and I can't put the, I can't, I, the whole run with Karen, I cannot put the whole blame on Vince. I, I got a whole, I got to put it on Triple H on this one because you yeah, know on the, him. On the second back. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the second one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I just he, think that the first one, how he was brought up, it just, how he brought up, got brought up to the main roster the first time killed his second, second run, like second run at the main roster's potential. Yeah, I mean, it, 
I think both both guys deserve better, AJ especially, just because of the caliber talent that he is. I mean, the match wasn't even two minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like, what are we doing? Like, this was... Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but... I mean, quite and quite frankly, I mean, from what I did see on SmackDown, other than the Bloodline stuff, the show really wasn't that good. Yeah. I mean, every, it, everything dude, was... The, the, the first segment of the Bloodline was 35 minutes, bro. So, it, so I, I checked the time, and I was like, it's 9.08 already? Like, how are they going to fit all this in the rest of the show? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess to kind of give them some grace, I mean, th- probably needed to cut more commercials and cut things much more shorter because, I mean, it goes without saying, the Bloodline story is the best story in WWE right now. So, of course, yeah. they got the most time. Mm-hmm. But with the exception of Edge versus Grayson Waller, I mean, the show really was not that good. It really wasn't, no. The only thing else that happened besides the blast blow and stuff we're going to get into was Oscar, Bianca, and Charlotte, they brought it out. Uh, EO comes in. She tries to cash in, but uh, Bianca stops it before it was official. Too rushed. I don't want to see teases and cashing right now. It felt, it felt very, 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 very rushed. And just like overall all over the place. Yeah. It was just like, what was, you know, what was really the need for this? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Just, I, i'd rather i wouldn't mind kind of what damien did at money in the bank like just walking out and just sitting there just kind of be like hey don't forget about me i got the briefcase but like with but i don't know with what they did with this one smackdown I'm like yeah this is unnecessary all right so the last thing that happened on smackdown was the biggest of them all they saved it for last they were you know throughout the show saying giving us updates Jimmy has been taken to a medical facility, and then later they said Jay is back at the arena. He's looking for Roman, and they cut to Roman in the back. And Paul, he's like Paul Heyman's like uh, 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 tribal chief. They Jimmy, Jimmy's look. I mean Jay's looking for you. He's here back at the arena, and Roman's like tell him he won't have to wait. I'll be in the ring. And then Roman comes back out. He's like let's try this one more time. Acknowledge me, and then Jay comes down but not from the entrance he comes down to the uh, crowd and he's coming down and they just start going at it literally they just start going at it it was crazy and at the end of all this we get jay challenging roman for a match what appears to be happening at SummerSlam. Makes the most sense, and it's what we want. And uh, just for the sake of time, I'll just say a few things. Um, small detail, but when Jay come through the crowd, it kind of reminded me of the Shield. For that's you know, what, I, dude. That's what I was thinking. I was like, are they hinting at like the Shield? Because like, why else would they? I mean, I know that they do it sometimes. I think him and right. Jimmy, but like, I don't know. Just just a little detail can help. I notice. Maybe I'm reaching yeah. into it, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jay's had enough, right? I mean, this has been three years in the making. Mm-hmm. Just two things I just want to see after this. I, I want to see when they cut promos, when they cut a promo together, just Jay and Roman in the ring. No Paul, no Solo, no yeah. Jimmy. And just I just want to see Jay just unload on mm-hmm. him, just everything, like, like I like like maybe even tell him that he hates him, but like you did this, you abuse, you manipulate. Like I, I stuck by your side and acknowledged you to bend our relationship. And I mean, and just 
I don't know, just roam and just be a bully like that he mm-hmm. is, you know. And I do hope too that it's SummerSlam again. Like I would like it just just those two. No Paul, no solo, no yeah. Jimmy. It's probably not gonna happen. Roman's probably not gonna retain clean, you know, whether that be interference or a low blow or whatever, but hope the match gets five stars or at least mm-hmm. four because I mean because the match the storytelling of the match is gonna be great and the fact that it's gonna be in front of a crowd at Ford Field imagine if their matches a clash of the champions and hell in a cell do that could in front of a mm-hmm. crowd very very excited for this and that's my thoughts play devil's advocate when Jay picked up the title and you see Roman going no no and then Jay raises it above his head he, he, he didn't look bad with the title Obviously, I don't think they're going to go that route. But if they did, I wouldn't be mad. Main event, Jey Uso, and I'll, I'll say this again. You know, we're on time right now, but really a separate video in of itself. And we briefly talked about it. But my mind, the best candidates to dethrone Roman, they make no sense. Cody, Seth Rollins, Jay. Yeah. I think now that you bring that up, I literally said this a couple days ago. If we're take if we're including everybody, I think Seth Rollins is the only logical person. Just because their history, just because yeah, what they've been through, yeah, yeah. And let's, before we move on to the special prompt, I watched this. I heard about this like documentary. I'm like halfway through it now, but it's like a narration talking about. It's called the unreality of pro wrestling, and it's about how we got to this bloodline story and slowly about everything leading up to it. it goes back to the Samoan dynasty. It talks about uh Roman coming into the WWE. It talks about Sammy coming into the WWE, the Shield, Kevin Owen. It talks about all that and it just leads up and it basically shows how literally everything is connected together. You should try, watch it when if you get the time, but it is it's pretty good so far. We give it a look. Yeah. And then so guys, after we recap every uh show, whatever we talk about for the first part of the podcast, we want to throw in just like a special prompt. So today we're doing like our current favorite matches, like our current however many matches we're going to talk about, but just to maybe give you guys some match recommendations and just to share our thoughts on uh, what we think are, you know, good matches. So yeah, you can go first, CJ. Yeah, so we're going to, you know, we, we're about to hit an hour mark, I, I think. So, you know, we're going to divide this into parts just, you know, because we want to do top 10 matches. 10's obviously a lot. Yeah, Johnny and I can do a lot at analyzing, giving our thoughts on a show. So we're divided <laughs> the part. We so, could go hours. <laughs> you're right. So for your guys' sake and the sake of time, this is going to be part one of this prompt. Uh, Johnny said he's going to do three matches for now. I'm going to do four, and you'll all see for obvious reasons. Yeah. Disclaimer, just full disclaimer. Johnny, I'm sure you're going to test this. I could go down a rabbit hole of some of my favorite matches of all mm-hmm. time, but. Mm-hmm. For this list specifically, I'm going strictly on how many times I've rewatched mm-hmm. these matches, okay. how many times okay. I've gone back. Just, just, just me. That's my criteria. And these first four are very generic. I could go on for days on it, but I'll do my best to kind of give the summary. Undertaker's matches from WrestleMania 25 to 28. That's easily four spots for me on my list, and I'm biased. Because Undertaker's my favorite of all time. He's in my Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is a future video. Oh, but, for sure. We're going to get crazy into that one. <laughs> absolutely. But just again, I'll do my best to briefly go through each of these matches. So personally for me, I started watching wrestling in 2010. 
So my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 26, the streak versus career. And I hated Sean. And I will get back to that in, in another video. But I hated Sean at that time. Loved Undertaker. He got my attention. And learning, I was like, this dude's undefeated at WrestleMania? Holy crap. So I mean, like, it got my attention as a kid. And just, I haven't seen the Godfathers, but I've heard, like, their match at WrestleMania 25 is, like, the Godfather yes. 26, the Godfather yes. Part 2. So I saw that match first great match but i remember after that match it was over i was like oh well dang sean's retired now my first wrestlemania this is the only match i got to see of him obviously i get older right i get access to the wb network and you know dvds and whatnot so i just wanted to address that match first i'm going to come back to it again but i want to address that match first because i saw that match first but WrestleMania 25, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. And here's my hot take on this channel. I will forever stand by these hot takes. You guys can I, 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 you'll fight me on it. I will never like let, let go. Hey, always stand Under on your hot takes. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 is the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. It is the greatest WWE match of all time. And Dave Meltzer, hope you're watching. It should have gotten five stars. Those two guys proved that even when you're in your 40s you could still put on a banger and it, seeing undertaker's hall of fame speech shed more light on the 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 creative decision going into that match how they were supposed to be third and got mm -hmm. like 15 minutes and they were pissed and rightfully so they should be pissed mm -hmm. and undertaker was right triple h and randy orton after that match are like we are in trouble <laughs> we're screwed i mean mm -hmm. That match, if I remember correctly, I think that's the very first match of the This Is Awesome chant. It put more of an emphasis on Taker gets counted out. He loses. Streak's over. You know, and let me tell you something, Johnny. When I knew that Taker won that match, obviously, before I ever watched it the first time. But when you know the result of a match, but watch it and forget in the moment who's going to mm -hmm. win, that's a good match, my mm -hmm. friend. Mm -hmm. And Taker and Sean... Killed it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely killed it. I mean, JR, Michael Cole, and and uh Jim Ross calling or Jerry Lawler, I'm sorry, calling that match. I mean, they did phenomenal on commentary. Absolutely fantastic. Easily that match stole the show. And then mm -hmm. WrestleMania 26, with that being, you know, Sean's retirement. I'm not gonna talk about Super Showdown, with that being Sean's retirement, no holds barred, streak versus career. Again, fantastic. Obviously not as good as the one before, but still absolutely solid. They made it, they still made it keep fresh and not repetitive. Um, I think Taker got injured that match, if I remember correctly. I think it was something. I think he actually his hip did get hurt. I thought he was selling it, but I think he actually did get legit hurt and still continued. Goes to show how tough Taker is. That tombstone to finish the match is <laughs> pretty brutal. <laughs> Bro. Tombstone always scared me. I'm like, dude, one day someone's just going to land on their head completely. Right. You know, but match fantastic as well. Gosh, man. WrestleMania 27, Hunter versus Taker and No Holds Barred as well. I was stressing out as a kid <laughs> watching that match because Taker got messed up in that match for real. I, I don't know if it was confirmed, but I read an article saying that apparently, I, I think... Triple H was actually supposed to break the streak that mm -hmm. night. Maybe don't quote me on that. I think mm -hmm. he was because Taker at one point wanted Hunter to do it because mm -hmm. they were the last two from the attitude era, which I can see like that makes sense, but I love Taker and never wanted the streak to end at all. But for, I mean, you know, the hell's gate, I mean, and just Taker, how bad he got hurt, but still finished the match and just how 
hard-hitting it was. That's the last WrestleMania we've seen Taker jump over the top rope. Yeah, bro. You know what I mean? Him doing that was always just so iconic to me. Seeing that man of that size, and you see his hair hit catch the wind, and he puts his arms out, dude, just just prime, bro. Just, just oh, yeah. wrestling. Super hard hitting. I mean, Triple H hitting the tombstone on him to try to end the streak, and Taker still kicked out. I mean, like, I mean, goosebumps as a kid. This is, I believe, true. They were debating on making that match the main event of WrestleMania over John Cena and The Miz because they were afraid that, which what happened, they were afraid of. Crowd was going to be drained after that match going in. Sure enough, they were right. And really, no offense to Cena and Miz, but the streak, at, at least in 2011, kind of overshadowed the WWE Championship just a little bit. So, I mean, I really should have went that direction. And that WrestleMania probably would have been fondly more remembered if that was the main event. But Really scary looking back on it. That Taker did get legit hurt in that match. I mean, like, you know, when he was helping himself up, just the, yeah, you know, like, like that. But fantastic as well. End of an era. Gosh, man, I wish I didn't do the last time ever at Super Showdown because they kind of watered down. No, no, I'm not going to say that. Just it ruined the end of an era-ish yeah. between them, you know, but Hell in a Cell, Taker and Hunter, Taker shaved his hair. Sean, special guest referee. You could argue that that match stole the show at WrestleMania 28. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that separate topic, really, but WrestleMania 28, WrestleMania 39 are the two best WrestleManias of our lifetimes, in my opinion, of us mm -hmm. being fans. That, that That's one mm -hmm. of my takes. I mean, and that just, again, hard hitting. I mean, those guys just went out and be like, let's just give it hell. And they did. I mean, inside hell, hell in a cell. I mean, another hot take too, but I think it's a little more agreed upon. The switching music and pedigree and Taker still kicked out. I of all the time of the Bro. few streak matches I watched get, I thought that was it. Bro. I was like, I was like, it's like not like this, not like this, bro. Not my man Taker, but he kicked out greatest kick out of all time. Bro, I was just about to say when Shawn Michaels hit him with the sweet chin music, pedigree still kicked out. Shawn was like. I done. I I tried to help. I I did. I tried to. I can't do. It. I don't know what to do. And Undertaker just proved like why he's the phenom. Why yep. you know? Was, yeah. And I mean, just all those guys killed it. I mean, and just so cool how after that match, everything was unscripted at that point. How they all hugged on stage. And you know, Taker mm -hmm. said it's so cold on his podcast when he looked at the crowd. Like I didn't know if I was coming back mm -hmm. at that point. And if he would have retired, would have made me sad. But to go out twenty zero would have been really cool. I mean, just. Like Jim Ross again. I mean, that match was low key, a little bit of a throwback to the Attitude Era, just a oh, little bit. Yeah, Obviously, sure. more of the modern era with how they actually wrestled. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, just, just phenomenal, bro. I mean, those, those matches, just phenomenal. Yeah, all, all those guys did fantastic, especially with the special guest referee. You know, like yeah. that always used to happen back in the Attitude Era. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, was that uh, your? Yeah, that's. Those? Oh, yeah, okay. Those, so just the trilogy or the four. The, the four, right? Yeah. I mean, like those are the matches I'm going to do for now. Obviously, got those six other spots, but you know, we're I think we're going to go a little longer than our first video. But yeah, I want to yeah. stop there mm -hmm. for me. Stop my, there. Yeah, my matches aren't as influential. These are matches I just find myself watching over again, and like I just really enjoy the wrestling that took place in them. The first one is Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole Takeover Portland, bro. They're their rivalry, this is prime NXT black and gold. Like the the feeling, you, like I wasn't even in the arena, but I can feel the 
the excitement and the emotion from the crowd like it feels like you're there when you watch this match like them selling out those big of arenas and being a developmental brand was just insane to me the the things Triple H did with NXT and I just wish it was still like that but sadly things aren't like that anymore but the wrestling in this match like when Tommaso Ciampa gave Adam Cole the knee strike running through the barricade like bro like it's insane Adam Cole wheelbarrow Tommaso Ciampa backwards onto the announce table like they were just being and I believe these guys trusted each other so much that they were really beating like just beating and fighting each other dude it was it was it was insane to me and the fact that we saw Johnny Gargano turn on Ciampa in this match we think that Johnny Gargano is going to give Tommaso Ciampa the belt to help uh defeat Adam Cole so Tommaso Ciampa can use the belt to hit Adam Cole but then we see Johnny Gargano turn on Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole gets the win it's just pure storytelling and this level of storytelling for developmental is just unheard of now you know what I mean I don't even consider that NXT like if I someone's like you can only watch this era of NXT and this era of Raw I'm choosing that era of NXT bro like it was just that good yeah I Again, these are your picks. So I don't want to give yeah, my yeah, no, you're feedback good, you're too good. much. But like, yeah, the, yeah. I've only seen that match once, but I remember TakeOver Portland being phenomenal, just like all the other TakeOvers were. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, I mean, that 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 match was great. I mean, those guys put on a clinic. I mean, I remember start, that match starting off, like Champa just had Cole's number and everything, and eventually Adam Cole came back, and then it became competitive, and Johnny kind of turned heel in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame you for picking that yeah. at all. Yeah, great yeah. match. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm actually going to do four, but I'll make them quick. I'll make them quick. I'll make them quick. The second one literally just happened like two weeks ago, but it's still the craziest match I've ever seen. I feel like it, maybe it's still fresh, but I feel like when it's all said and done, I will say this is the greatest match I've ever seen take place. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, Forbidden Door. I need to watch their the first one they had of that. They had a, a match before that, and people say, uh, some people say the second was even better than the first one, but I just want to see for myself. And, you know, coming, growing up, only watching WWE and TNA, I wasn't familiar with New Japan pro wrestling. So being older now and understanding that there's more outside than WWE and expanding into obviously AW, but also learning more about New Japan pro wrestling, like they're just incredible also. And Will Ospreay, I didn't know about Will Ospreay until I started watching WWE, you know, and he's just he is so insane him and Kenny in the ring is like it's just like it's just like watching greatness I don't want to sound cheesy but they just can feed off each other so good their chemistry is insane the moves they pull off are crazy like it's a it's a it's a wonder how they don't leave the match with like everything broken in their body and I this is a hot take but I eventually want to see Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay in WWE because I feel like the matches like Kenny Omega at on a WrestleMania card would just be insane, especially since he loves like if you if you've seen any of his Wrestle Kingdom um, interests and matches, bro. He love Kenny Omega loves putting on a show. He loves being theatrical, and I feel like that could be so like so crazy. Like watching him make a WrestleMania entrance, him like imagine like him versus Roman at the top of the card. Obviously, Kenny would carry the match, but the story they could could make with that is so crazy roman you know who is this indie guy thinking he's coming into my company i run like the the magic that could be made is is so great but yeah the next one i picked was Britt baker versus thunder rosa at the lights out match i picked this match because 
Britt Baker is one of my favorites too. She's probably, honestly, she might be above Becky for my favorite women's wrestler. But yeah, this match just showed how how men can be gruesome in the ring too, but also women can be gruesome in the ring too. And I feel like WWE would like capitalize on that more and put the time and effort they put into men's wrestling into women's wrestling. Because AEW's women's matches, I believe, are far better than WWE women's matches. Like they put each other through everything during this match. You know, the iconic photo of Britt with the blood on her face, smiling at the camera. I literally have it on a shirt. It, it'll forever be recognized to me as one of the best AEW matches, if not the best. And um, like that happened on a televised show. And but definitely one of the the best women's match in AEW, if not definitely on my list of best women's matches ever but my last one is TLC WrestleMania 17 which was in my eyes one of the best things I've ever watched obviously you know that happened before we were really able to watch wrestling before born yeah. yeah and Jeff Hardy the Hardys in general are my favorite of all time, but Jeff especially, he's literally the reason I am like I am today. Like I have piercings, I dye my hair. Like he literally, it it literally hit me like a year ago. I was like, yo, like Jeff Hardy really sculpted my childhood and like me right now without me knowing. Like, and I just wish Jeff didn't have, you know, the alcohol issues and the drug issues, but everybody has their own demons. But that match literally showed showcase tag team wrestling and they invented what we forever know as you know the TLC match and all those guys are responsible and all those guys deserve their credit Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, um, Edge and Christian they'll never be that was peak that was one of the times where it was peak tag team wrestling like those guys just passing the belts back and forth to each other was so entertaining like going back and watching like random Raws where the Hardys will win one week and next week Edwin Christian will win the other like two more weeks the Delhi Boys will win like what they did for the with for for wrestling as a whole and tag team wrestling will forever be recognized like I even got the shirt up there like the iconic spear that Edge hit on Hardy in one of the one of the matches like bro like I, I'm lost for words because like you watch still watching that gives me goosebumps like what they were able to do things they were able to pull off and literally not kill each other was insane so yeah those are my picks man those are my picks I, I just give a little feedback to that Matt I've seen it it's been a minute since I've seen it but yeah I mean a lot of spots in that match right but I mean but that spear of him and Jeff I mean that that's going to be infamous forever. Both of those yeah. guys and all, all those guys putting their bodies on the line. Fan, you could, I think you could argue. I haven't watched all of WrestleMania 17, um, but I've seen that match Taker versus uh, Triple H and Steve versus Rock. But you could argue that match stole the show on arguably, you know, no, not even arguably. I'll stand by the stake. WrestleMania 17 is the greatest WrestleMania ever, probably the greatest pay per view WWE's ever put on. You and know, I heard, yeah, match. I heard someone say that, and I honestly and, agree. I agree with it. Yeah, and I mean, that match always sold the show. I mean, yeah, I mean, those guys, those guys paved the way and set the bar for a TLC match that, my opinion, is probably never going to be reached. I mean, we've yeah. obviously had some good TLC and ladder yeah. matches, but I mean, but just you can't. And it's a different era now, right? They mm -hmm. were more risk taking that. I mean, but they, yeah. I think that's a solid pick, absolutely. Yeah, but like, who's to say they they can't bring that back? You know, like eventually, 
I would love to see another TLC match like that take place. But I feel like no one will ever, like you said, that 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 was the peak, you know, that was the peak. Like the Dudleys, get the tables. Like, bro, come on, bro. Come on, bro. And speaking of Billy, Billy Ray, Billy Ray, whatever you want to call him, bro. Uh, I mean Billy Ray, Bubba Ray, but I uh I watch him, listen to him on Busted Open all the time. Bro's doing crazy things in impact right now. He has a storyline with Steve Macklin. Oh, I told you about it. I yep. tune in at Impact and I see him and Steve Macklin pouring battery acid on poc's face and i'm like bro what is this but it was like honestly bro it made me want to keep watching so i guess they're doing something right but shout out bully ray he's that guy still in his 50s i believe still putting on great matches and he just i respect him so much because he cares about pro wrestling so much and anything he does he puts his heart and soul into it and he knows that impact doesn't get the exposure he deserves but that doesn't make him care any less about putting on a great story and building storylines and putting on great matches. So I just want to say shout out Billy Ray. Even he's probably not even gonna see this, but you know what I mean. I guess on that note, I want to shout out Jeff Hardy. I hope that he I hope that from here on out he's sober for the rest of his life and that he yeah. doesn't, you know, he doesn't have any issues with drugs and alcohol again. I mean, yeah. We all got our demons, you know, we obviously have our we're Christians, right? I guess to break the fourth wall. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we have our struggles. I mean, some of it's lust, some of it's alcohol, but, you know, anything could be conquered. So yeah. I, hope, I hope Jeff for the rest of his career, whether, you know, how much longer he's going to wrestle that he he conquers his demons. Mm-hmm. I believe he will, man. I believe he will. I believe. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's a Christian also. I think so. I can't yeah. remember. I think, he, I think he might be. But yeah, shout out Jeff, man. He'll for, forever be my favorite. Like wearing the armbands around the house, like bro, just iconic. He's to me, he is one of, if not the most influential WWE superstar, if not wrestler of all time. Just the way, like even now, people still talk about hit the influence he had on the culture. You know, what was it that Michael Cole called him? Thrill seeker, thrill seeker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he really put his life on the line for the things he loves, you know. Yeah. Well, anywho, we went, we got on for a while, but we talked about some good stuff. This is going to be kind of the pattern we're going to do. We'll recap Raw and SmackDown, but then when we got a pay per view premium live event, whatever you want to call it. We'll just talk about that the following mm-hmm. day. Recap that. We'll have a special prompt specifically for the Raw and SmackDown recaps. Maybe we'll do just one video for a special prom, depending on how the week of wrestling goes and our schedules. But this will be this will be our pattern routine from here on out, most likely. Yes, sir. So follow us. Remember to follow us on our socials and follow the podcast on YouTube at Thank God for Wrestling Pod. And just like last time, man, remember to say your prayers and thank God for wrestling. Thank God for wrestling. We'll see you on the next one.